podcast. I decided to do something a little bit different and have a series of different streams for my podcast. So this stream is People of the Path. These are the people that I've met in my journeys and introducing you to their perspective and what their mission is and what they're trying to achieve. And hopefully this is a place where you can learn more about people that are trying to live out their purpose. So I'm pleased to present you Jackie G, my friend and first guest on the Chi Podcast, People of the Past. Jackie, did you want to introduce yourself? Hi, Jeremy. It's lovely to see you again. Long time. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so I guess the first thing that I'd like to start off with is um, Jeremy's interviewing me um, from, I guess, one of my one of my platforms called Rise and Reconnect. Um, and Rise and Reconnect is just a platform where I express the parts of myself that I feel my current my current circle isn't quite ready to see and isn't quite adapted to um I'm I've always been I guess one of the boys um and I've had like a a circle of guys around me for most of my life I've always been hardworking, um very business and money focused I when I was in my early 20s I was I was about to buy a house I was working three jobs um, shortly after buying a house, I started a business. I was very science focused, very, very logical and very much in the masculine energy, very much in the masculine energy, um, despite being in a heterosexual relationship. So it was very, very interesting. Uh, and then my life, I, I guess you could say my life fell apart, but it was by choice, um, when I was 27, and everything changed, um, again, by choice, because I wasn't happy with any of the aspects of my life. I wasn't happy with my job. My business wasn't really lighting my spark. My relationship didn't feel like it was going where I wanted it to. My house didn't have the energy that I wanted it to have. Um, and my, I, I pretty much turned my life upside down. I left my relationship and I left my job and I left the country. Um, I did what, what I'd almost say everybody would, should do if they don't know what they want is just get some space and step away from it all. And I did that in a way where it wasn't even possible for me to come back, if that makes sense, and change my mind within a week. Um, and then I, I sort of began this really beautiful journey of self-discovery and I guess re-uncovering what I want and where I want to be I don't know if um how much of your audience is into astrology but I'm really really very quite big on astrology um and not just not just how you can use it to kind of understand someone else's personality as well as yourself but also as a means of understanding where you're at in your life and I'm currently going through my Saturn's return which means there's going to be a lot more change and a lot more self-discovery and uncovering um but I, I guess those are still things to come. Like we're all learning and we're all on our own journey and heading in a specific direction. So I guess we'll, yeah, we'll see what comes of it. I don't know. Was there anything specific that you wanted to know, Jeremy? Or I, I feel like that's <laughs> quite a good recap. Um, the irony yeah, is as well, is that I'm back in the job that I was working in before 
and I'm also backgrounding my business and I'm also I've just picked up a second job and I feel myself being pulled back into that masculine but I'm trying to understand whether I just need to take all of that approach from a feminine energy or maybe if maybe if this is just going to be a financial foundation for me to create something bigger in the not so distant future so yeah yeah that's always a hard one to work Mm. out Mm. but I guess I like to go with whatever you feel that you're being drawn to and you have energy and you're feeling you know if you feel like you have energy to put into working right now then that's probably something to follow if you're starting Mm. to get resistance is building and you're like I'm working and like you know I'm doing it because I mentally feel I should but I'm feeling like it's just not serving me then that's probably a different thing together yeah yeah. and it's also quite interesting um, when you're talking about resistance and those sorts of things because like just because I'm enjoying it and this is where I feel that I'm thriving it doesn't mean that it's actually going to light my spark I think I'm just coming back to something that's comfortable and something that I know that works and I think the funny thing about life is that it almost teaches you that there's an age and a stage and a phase where you can do the thing that works but you're not meant to continue doing that throughout your whole life. You're not meant to use the same old tricks to do the same old things to achieve the same old results. That's not what we're here for. You used it back then to get the result that you wanted. You got the result. Now it's time to move on. So, Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think we've all got our own uh, specific journey. Like for me, uh, if I were to relate where you're at, I feel like I'd like to try a lot of different things, especially in the workplace and like different types of jobs. And then once I've kind of got that perspective Mm -hmm. and had that experience, I'm like, okay, I get this. And then I'll move on to something else. And Mm -hmm. early year when I dipped back into paid employment, it felt like the right thing to go to the mines. Like there was a lot of green lights, if you would say, that were sending me that way, like, lack of resistance and abundant opportunity almost yeah exactly like the relationship I was in folded the car I had in Adelaide broke down the house I was in I had to give back and you know my life in Adelaide (laughs) neatly folded up and put it in a package opportunity to go to the mines Mm. and natural obvious choice of where the universe is directing you but then I went there and I really wanted to work not so much for the money, that was a part of it, but more so just to regain a sense of certainty. I think when you chase um, your dreams and you get to a point of feeling that resistance of uncertainty, because often your dreams require you to go through a lot of growth and go into what's unfamiliar. And I, before going back to work, I came up to a point where I felt like the resistance and the uncertainty and the fear was too much to get through. So I had to just turn away and go back to what I knew, which was paid employment. And when I mm. did that, that was helpful for about three months. And it gave me that sense of certainty. It kind of like built up my energy where I was like, okay, yeah, you know what? I'm ready to have another go at diving into my dreams. And so I feel like sometimes doing that paid employment or whatever it may be, can be what you need to do at that time, but then to recognise when it served you and then the next thing you want to go on to without getting caught up in the momentum of just doing it because mm. that's what you've always mundane, done. Mundane, day-to-day. 
um, and getting stuck in almost like that trap of security and habit and comfort and things like that. It's also really interesting how you talk about flow and it sounds like you and I are very similar in the aspect that when you make a decision, whether it's an easy decision or a hard decision, and then all of a sudden your life is just full of all these opportunities that are leading you down this path and things are happening easily without resistance. It's almost like a big green light that says, this is the path that you're meant to take. And I know a lot of people talk about struggle and um, if you know what you want, strive for it no matter what. And I think there is a certain degree of that in everything that we should do. Like we shouldn't just give up because something's difficult. But looking at it from the other aspect, I really feel that if something is meant to be happening, then it will happen easily. Like when when I did go through that huge life change uh, about, I think it would be, it's coming up to three years ago now. When I did go through that huge life change, within the space of a week, I'd gone from being in a full-time job, being in a relationship and living in my house to being accepted for a job in Vietnam, no longer being in the relationship and having found somebody to rent my house from me. Um, And that's like, that's almost unheard of. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I I barely had a dollar to my name. I'm not from a well-off family. And my mom was just like, you can borrow some money for your plane tickets to get you to Vietnam. Um, everything, everything lined up and everything happened really quickly. And within two weeks, I was in Vietnam from making the decision that that's probably that I needed to leave everything that I was at. And it did happen very easily. Um, don't get me wrong. Being in Vietnam was very hard, but that was the ease come so that I could be in that position and have that internal learning, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And to kind of um, weigh in on my perspective for what you just spoke about, I kind of see that as whenever you decide to take action from your comfort zone onto a new path that you know is going to be the best for your self-expansion or your growth as a self, your self-development, typically in the beginning when you actually take action to get onto that path, it's supported and you get all those green lights and it's easy mm. The difficult part is having the courage to step out of that and get on the path. And then you kind of get like almost like a little bit of a um, help from the universe to encouragement to keep going. The difficulty then a little bit later where the path gets to a certain point and then resistance builds, maybe challenges your commitment, a temptation to go back to paid employment, whatever it may Mm. be. Oh, Mm -hmm. you want to go on the path. Well, you had it easy. Let's see how it goes when it gets tough, when you actually get mm. challenged. I think, you know, a lot of us can really get caught in that where it's like, oh, this isn't working or it's too hard. I'll just go back to what is easy. But we go back to what's easy and we find that it's not fulfilling anymore. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. It's all very, very interesting. And it's, yeah, it's. I think it's just funny and interesting to hear how different people choose to see these opportunities. And it's all about the external makes it easier for you so you can tolerate the internal struggle that you're experiencing through the process yeah yeah absolutely interesting point there was a few actually from your um introduction that i'd love to um circle Mm. back to which Mm. was about the masculine energy that you were experiencing as a female Mm -hmm. in Australia. And I feel that that's quite commonplace now, especially in Australia where 
there's a lot mm. of females embodying the masculine energy and I guess there's um yeah always going to be a bit of feminine and masculine in each person but it really seems like females in Australia have like taken up that masculine energy and the guys are in the feminine a lot more now have you mm. noticed that um, I guess I can only really speak for myself and my choices and what was going on for me at the time. Um, I naturally tend to lack a lot of deep trust for people and I, a lot of my decisions have come from a place of I can't rely on anyone but myself. So the choice and though I guess those are very masculine thoughts like the masculine is the provider and security and all those sorts of things so all of these sorts of decisions were coming from a place of I can't rely on somebody else to do the things for me that I want to achieve to provide me with the lifestyle that I want to have so I mm. need to do this myself and that's kind of what comes with the very masculine lifestyle the masculine decisions um and I don't know how many people that are listening have lived their life in the feminine and lived their life in the masculine and have been able to see the polarity between the two, but they're both so different. It's almost like when I'm in my masculine, I'm being driven by ego and rather than by love, if that makes sense, and yeah. driven by, and I'm not saying the masculine is selfish, but I felt that my drive was from more of a selfish place rather than a place of unity and it was from a place of scarcity and protection rather than a place of um like abundance and sharing and bringing two people together it was more of me setting up a wall so that I could have more control in my life over everything including my relationship including my lifestyle it, it meant that I wouldn't be afraid to make a decision because at the end of the day I I had my back and I knew I was going to be okay yeah yeah and that can be one side of the masculine where you can really put up that wall and just like contract into like a you know really rigid force blocked off um and I guess if you think about it masculine is force and power whereas feminine is more gentle and love mm. and if you have a balance of power and love then you've got wisdom in between mm. um which you know on one side you've got discipline and one side you've got nurture and yeah. it's quite difficult you know I think to some degree we all go through that because it's really easy to get into your masculine energy you know when you're quitting something you're like that's it I'm not having it at all but sometimes it's beneficial to actually have that which would be nurturing but then discipline again to not have it which is something I've been experiencing lately yeah. but also I just want to quickly add that with regards to how you're experiencing the masculine so I've experienced probably two sides of masculine and two sides of feminine in my own life where there's a healthy masculine or divine masculine mm. and an toxic masculine and the same for feminine. Mm. And the divine masculine is really that creator um, essence where you feel that, you know, you're the father figure, not in a patriarchal mm. way, but just in a like, everyone's your brother and like yeah there's like really beautiful energy to it but likewise mm. when you find feminine that's quite a beautiful energy too with like intuitive nature and just like loving 
And yeah, so it's interesting to see that there's both sides, but then there's, you know, a top and a bottom level or however you want to frame it. Yeah. And I also think that it, it's hard to understand what being in the divine masculine is like or being in the divine feminine if you've never actually experienced that. And then you can look back and go, wow, maybe my feminine was quite weak or my masculine wasn't healthy. Um, yeah. And you don't know that unless you experience more. So I guess it's one of those things where you just kind of have to move through the journey and identifying as well, whether it is your masculine or whether it is your feminine that is unhealthy and needs to be built upon to be brought, brought closer to the divine is again, something else that you need to identify because weak feminine and weak masculine can have similar attributes or a woman operating more in her masculine may think that she's just operating in a masculine when really it may be her feminine that's not where it should be at so there's lots of things that you kind of need to I guess think about and take on board and that's and right find, and then I'm sure sometimes mm. you can be balanced from a bit of masculine and feminine some in the unhealthy of each and yeah it gets blurred you're not always just polarized one way or the other yeah and it's definitely I know in my experience my energy is very affected by my external so if I'm if I'm in working environments a lot I will be pulled into my masculine um, if I'm in a relationship where I don't necessarily trust the person is able to carry me and is able to get the job done um then I'll again I'll be in my masculine and the opposite happens if I'm in a relationship where I have trust that the person's going to be able to do things it's it's very interesting for me to witness how deep into my feminine I get pulled where it's almost to a point where because I'm not used to operating in that place for so long so often in a relationship that I can see the cracks and the falters in it and I, I guess it sort of brings out like another side um, and it can be, I guess the point of what I'm saying is it, there's only so much that you can do and identify internally and within yourself and on your own, but it's when you're in relationships and in connection with others and around the energy of other people that you really can identify the pull of where your energy is going and what's coming out and what it's bringing out and it'll often be stronger than what it normally is when you're in your own essence. I agree completely. Yeah, you can definitely get to a certain level of self-development by yourself. And sometimes it's almost beneficial to not distract yourself with relationships and have that time to really understand yourself, be with your own energy, stabilize it, develop it. But then it comes to a certain level where it is necessary to have other people around to challenge your strength of vibration or certainty of self. You know, because let's say you're meditating and you're calm and then in an undistracted environment that's fine but then you go out where someone triggers you it's going to be a lot harder to maintain that calmness and I think it's important to kind mm. of have that reveal uh, weaknesses in your resolve mm -hmm. definitely completely agree balance of the both there was a point that I wanted to mm. make when you said about um, going over to Vietnam and like, you know, completely uprooting yourself, I think that's mm -hmm. a beneficial thing that everyone should do 
um, where you basically lose yourself to find yourself back like you've gone back into work and you've picked up a lot of things you were doing but at least when you've separated from that and you can look back objectively at the experience that was your life you can go was that serving me or was it and I feel like when you've um you're within say a friendship group a tribe you typically have to conform to how that tribe see you because mm. if you, know, you as Jackie that um you know works and drinks with the lads or whatever and you're like I'm gonna go do yoga and meditate and they'll be like what oh. harder to really embrace who you want to be whereas you know mm. whenever you separates they go off on their own self-growth and then reconnect and it's like oh this is who you are now and then they've got the chance to accept that or not but when you try and break free from the mold and be a lot harder hopefully we all have friends that are growth friends that want to support our highest growth even if it means they have to go off for a year I think a lot of our formative friends and legacy friends as I call them you know people that you grew up with mm. in high school mm. can be the ones that want to keep you kind of like doing the same things over although not always but can be the case do you think that's because they're stuck in their own life and they don't want you to excel subconsciously do you know what I mean like yeah. Like I'm the same, so you should be the same too. I'm not different. Yeah. I still do the things and the stuff. Why aren't you doing them with me? Yeah, so. that's right. On a surface level, mm. it would be, oh, what, you're no fun no more. You're not drinking. Like, what are you doing? On a deeper level, it's mm. you're not drinking. That's a reflection that maybe I shouldn't be drinking. And uh -huh. then it's easier oh, yeah. to <laughs> bring you back into what they're doing than it is to go, good on you I support that because it makes them feel uncomfortable yeah. about what they're doing. can be at least it's, yeah but sometimes it's not even the friend's reaction that's the problem like a lot of my friends know that I chop and change and do all sorts of weird stuff yeah. <laughs> um, and my personality is very dynamic and there's lots of different shades of light that shine from me so they're already aware of that um, and sometimes I feel they probably see more of me than what I see um, but in saying that, when I am around them, because I want to please them and I want them to be happy and I want them to have, I guess, the best experience of me, I do find myself putting on old hats that I chose to let go of for a reason. But I'm putting yeah. them on because I want the person that's with me or the people that are with me to be happy. Um, yeah. And I think that's a subconscious pattern that you also need to be aware of. Sometimes it's not their response, but it's your desire to want them. I don't know, to, for it to feel like how it used to feel almost. Not yeah, for it to be how it used to be, but to feel how it used to feel. Yeah, 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 mm. I totally get it. I think if you know that that's a way that your interaction was enjoyable for them and mm. you're going to naturally go back to what used to work in the past. But, yeah, that's a good point. I guess, um, yeah, brings up questions of, it's probably more optimal to go in and be your new authentic self. It depends, I guess, if you want to maintain the relationship how it was or you want to kind of bring them with you on your new growth journey. I think you end up finding your feet as you go almost. And I guess that's what happens where like some friends drop away, you make new friends um, some relationships get stronger, some dynamics change. Um, like I've got a very close friend who you actually know, Jeremy, 
and she and I, we, we met in town out drinking and a lot of our friendship was based around drinking and partying, but we're, we're about the same age and we're both going through the same experience together where we're getting a pull towards um, living in maybe a more of a like spiritual type of life. Um, and we both like see the aspects of each other showing both of us still step back into our old ways and let loose and get a bit silly at our own detriment. But then both of us are also identifying that and going, wow, this needs to change. So I guess this is a friendship that has evolved over time in the same sort of direction. Initially, the circumstances that we met on were not ideally the same circumstances that we'd like to be living now, if that makes sense, or at least on an ongoing basis or more than once a year. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It's quite beautiful when you can be in that same space and go, hey, this isn't where I want to be. Like, hey, me neither. And then you can kind of help each other navigate your yeah. way. Out of- yeah, but it's almost organically happening. Like we're not even having those conversations. It's just happening and we're both interested in what each other's doing. And um, oh, cool. we are... I'd say even though we, she and I both perceive the world very, very differently, we both have operated from the same places in the past. Um, She comes from her masculine a lot, as so do I. Um, She's had a lot of business and money focus, as have I in the past. So it is very interesting to see, I guess, the synchronicities in both of our timelines um, and I guess sort of where we're both going with that. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Um, I wanted to just draw attention to the fact that it's quite hilarious that we've come pretty full circle since when we met. <laughs> wanna, yeah, um, this is know, a great story, honestly. And I guess it all kind of ties back to if if I never went to Vietnam, I literally wouldn't be sitting in this chair having this conversation with you. Um, yeah. After going to Vietnam, I, I really enjoyed the lifestyle of traveling with little thought, just a suitcase, very little organization. Um, it was just me. So I had nobody else that I was accountable for. Um, there was nobody else I had to be responsible for. And I'm, <laughs> I'm very good at accepting when I'm in a bad situation and that's my fault. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I got myself here and that's okay. I made this decision and that's okay. It's all part of the learning, all part of the journey. Yeah. Um, so I did a lot of solo traveling over a couple of years. Um, and it was my last trip to Bali. Was it my last trip or was it my second to last? I feel like it was my last trip. Yeah. Because it was right before COVID happened. Um, it was my last trip to Bali and rather than just going to see my same friends on the island that they live um, and helping them out in their hostel, I stayed at another place and it was my last day there. Um, and I have a few local friends and my local friend was going to pick me up first thing in the morning and it didn't end up happening. Um, he asked if he could pick me up at lunchtime. And I remember waking up and I was like, yes, I can sleep in. And then I was like, oh, there is also yoga on maybe I should probably go to yoga class (laughs) and I didn't want to I wasn't feeling the best but I went anyway yoga class was okay um 
And I really wanted to leave straight away as well at the end of the class, but everyone done that thing where they all sit down and have a chat. And I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll stay to the chat <laughs> rather than be the only one that's like, all right, bye. I don't have anywhere to go, but I just don't want to <laughs> not feeling this. And it was so funny because we were all going around and just talking about who we are and where we're from, as you do when you're in a hostel. And, um, and you spoke and you're like, yeah, I'm Jeremy, like I'm from Australia. And I was like, oh, like, cause it's, it's not, I don't know how many of you have been to Bali, but it's not often that you meet Australians in Bali, or at least in the parts of Bali that I was at. Um, I think it was off peak season. Um, so it doesn't like, you don't often meet them. So I was like, oh, cool. Another Australian. I was probably the second one that I'd met in a week. Um, and then you said you were from Adelaide and I was like, no like (laughs) no way I just found that so ironic and it was really interesting because when you and I sat down and got talking and normally the first thing I ask people is what star sign they are the night before literally the night before I was having a good chat with um one of the girls that I'd met in my hostel and she was talking about Scorpios and the interaction that they can have together and I was Mm. just like I was just like, well, where's my Scorpio man? When am I going to meet one? (laughs) And it happened the next day, which I think was so very, very interesting. Um, But I guess the irony of all of this, other than the fact that it's almost two years on and we're still very good friends now, the irony of all of this is that um, we sat down and we spoke for about four hours and the only reason why the conversation ended was because my friend was there to pick me up. and part of that conversation was, was me being the very first person that you recorded a travel conversation with, um, yeah. to my surprise <laughs> and without my permission. <laughs> so, I mean, not even uh, trying to capture the moment in not the best, most uh, no. integrity way. Of course, yeah. I told you. yeah of course I was slightly (laughs) mad but not not mad enough (laughs) and then and now we are you know sitting here a couple years down the track um and I am I guess the feature of your first podcast sorry what was that no I was just about to say exactly what you did that Mm. that you could be the first person to feature on the podcast why not? <laughs> I think we always have interesting chats. Yeah, full circle. So good. Definitely. Nice. Awesome. Well, let's leave it there. How mm. can people connect with you? Um, Instagram is probably the platform that I use the most. I, and I guess it depends what people want to connect with. So I'm, I do work with natural therapies for dogs and that's been my business for quite some time. Um, But I guess if you want to see the side of me that I've been talking about during this podcast and I guess see my self-expression and see where that goes and see what that turns into, um, Rise and Reconnect on Instagram um, is probably definitely the best place um, to, I guess, check things out and see where I'm at and I guess see the many dynamics of where I'm going and what's happening and I, I guess use it as a vehicle for you to feel safe to be your full expression as well and to understand that you won't always be operating from the place that you necessarily want to be and that you might slip back into old habits or old ways or old friendship groups and that happens um, but to always keep in the back of your mind of where you want to go and to feel safe expressing those parts of yourself. 
Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I think you brought across a really beautiful energy during this podcast. And yeah, I enjoyed your perspective. So I'm sure many others will too. So I'll chuck up some links and make sure they can find you. Thank you. And I appreciate the time. As always, always a good chat. So nice to bounce ideas off you. (laughs) Anytime. Until next time. Until next time. And there we have the very first Chi podcast of People of the Path featuring Jackie from Rise and Reconnect. I'm really glad that I was able to conduct this podcast and host it, even despite feeling less than authentic at this stage. And, you know, it was just something that I had to take action, accept myself in a lower state than where I really felt was optimal, but just kind of roll with it and be myself even in a lower state and deem that as acceptable so hopefully you got value from that and there should be some links on screen or below and let me know what you thought this is jc jeremy jezza from chi coaching